Hey there, listener. I know you're dying to get to today's juicy, juicy episode, but real quick, we wanted to tell you something special. If you hadn't heard, we are coming out with an actual play Dungeons and Dragons show. It's going to be called Pact and Boon. And if you listen to the end of today's episode, you can actually hear the first part of episode one. Now, if you want to make sure you don't miss the launch of this new show, go to sessionzerostudios.com slash guild and sign up to join our free community where we'll announce all of these things. But again, if you listen to today's episode all the way to the end, you'll hear a snippet from the first part of the first episode and tell us what you think. But uh, in the meantime, let's get back to today's show. Welcome back to How to Be a Better DM. Uh, I'm one of your hosts today, Justin Lewis, and I'm here with Rob and Tanner Wayland. Uh, and I'll, I'll let Rob introduce himself in a second, but let me first tell you, the listener, about today's episode. So if you're new here, we are here to help you craft better stories for yourself and your players as UDM sessions of Dungeons and & Dragons. And today, we're actually going to dive into the world of homebrew creations. Specifically, we're going to show you kind of the start to finish, uh, hopefully start to finish. We might split this episode up into two episodes, but <clears throat> the start to finish process of creating something, but also the start to finish process of, of collaborating with someone else in creating something because being a DM can be somewhat lonely and it's, it's very taxing if it is lonely. So when you team up with other people like Rob, uh, you can... You can make it easier for everyone, but also it's just fun to connect and, and, and be cool with people. So, uh, Rob, if you want to introduce yourself, and then we can hop into what we're doing today. Hello there. Hi. Uh, my name is <laughs> uh, Rob Van Auken, and I, I, I write and publish a lot of stuff under uh, DM Robrick. Um, I'm just happy to be here with you guys. I've played with both of you in your one-shots, and I'm a frequent listener, and uh, I'm looking forward to this. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. And listener, if you want to catch one of Rob's published encounters, you can go to betterdungeonmaster.com slash robrick uh, and, and purchase it. It's an awesome encounter called the Lorecraft Collection. Did I get that right? The Lorecraft. That, that's correct. Yes, yeah. Uh, so go ahead and publish that. All the proceeds go right to Rob because he's an awesome DM. But today, like I said, we're going to work on homebrewing and, and we haven't prepared anything specifically to show you, you know, the, 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 the ups and downs, the ins and outs and, and the exciting and boring parts of homebrew creation. So I have shared a document with all three of us. Um, first of all, did either of you have any specific ideas on uh, anything you wanted to create together? Um, I'm I'm game for 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 just about anything, but cool. I thought I would put that question right back to you folks. Uh, I don't <laughs> know the scale and scope of what you guys were thinking, but uh, we can go anywhere from you know a fun uh, random table to a uh, a one page encounter to a several page you know one shot kind of adventure in a box kind of thing if that's what you guys are looking for sure tanner any any specific way you're leaning Ooh, man um I, i've been thinking about this as well because i think i think i mean it'd be cool to do a one shot but that is you know it takes a good yeah. amount of planning you know so um nope i think we'd come up with no no okay. pressure <laughs> No pressure. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um, I'm thinking that maybe we just figure out, uh, like, just how, huh? Yeah. Like how long mm -hmm. we want it to last, and, and then essentially just go sure. work backwards from there. Sure. Come up with a cool premise. So, moving. Um, I don't know. That's yeah, not good. Absolutely. To date, um, my uh, I don't want to call it my area of expertise because I'm still fledgling in the field here, <laughs> but I have. <laughs> created encounters that are um, circled around the three pillars, right? Exploration, uh, combat, and, and social. And my goal with each of these encounters is to kind of put a little randomized table that will could possibly lead uh, crafty DMs um, down other avenues to kind of expand the, the encounter itself, right? So I, I, it's kind of like an encounter in a box um, with these sort of like little tendrils that allow you know, DMs and players to kind of pick up things and maybe decide, oh, you know what, that was kind of an interesting little little tidbit. Maybe I'll, I'll follow that that idea. 
Excellent. And, you know, let it grow. And right? I don't want to keep anybody, any DMs in a, in a cage here. Yeah, I love that. Let's do an encounter then. Yeah, maybe an encounter. Uh, uh, what if we just had like, we created like a kind of a little mini one shot with just one of each of those three pillars, you know, some exploration, uh, some combat and some social. I love and it. Then yeah. go love from it. There. Love it. Um, and listener, we probably won't get all to all of this today because creating a one shot can be rather long. So we're probably going to split this episode up. Uh, so, uh, yeah, stay tuned. But <clears throat> first, um, let me just write down. I'll be the I'll be the notes keeper, I guess, unless one of you is better at it because I'm not super great at keeping uh, notes. I'm happy to help. Okay. Happy nope. to help however I can. <laughs> all right. So homebrew. Gosh, I wish I could spell. Homebrew creation one shot. <clears throat> While you're typing, I'll, I'll put this idea to you both here. Yeah. What is the, the flavor that you would like to uh, capture? Are we going epic fantasy? Are we going swashbuckling pirates? Are we going sort of uh, for frivolous? Um, I had the opportunity, I believe, Tanner, you were the, uh, the dungeon master for it's kind of like a Halloween, almost like a Halloween themed. <laughs> we uh, when we pl- when we played, we had entered that kind of sort of creepy haunted pumpkin patch, mm-hmm. and there was a pumpkin headed mm-hmm. villain. So you know, October is coming up, so something like that might be kind of cool, like a campy kind of holiday themed. I like that. Uh, we can go. Um, I know Spelljammer just came out. We can go. You know, D and D in outer space, <laughs> homebrew in outer space. No. Yeah. <laughs> I-, I like those ideas. I think we should definitely either do Halloween themed one. Christmas themed one because Christmas is also coming up and or uh, Thanksgiving or a mix of the three. Um, One other thought I did have is because I I specifically want um, this one shot to be very useful for anyone to play specifically the introductory DMs. So if we could create a one shot that uh, and and, you know, like Tanner said, it touches on the adventure, uh, the exploration Sorry, not adventure. So the exploration, the combat, and the social. Combat. And kind of introduces the DM to doing that. I think that would be extremely helpful to our, our listener. Um, so, yeah, that's what that, those are my thoughts. Okay. Uh, as far as the actual, like, uh, theme, let's say. Um, I mean, space does sound <laughs> cool, but I'm going to... I'm gonna say maybe later. That that yeah. might be a later one. I haven't even thought about space, and I I would want to put more time into that. Um, what do you guys think about uh, like a an academy I like setting? That. I think it's very reminiscent okay. of board. Harry Potter, so that would be easy for a lot of people to relate to in a sense. Yeah, I, I also think that it uh, that it provides a lot of opportunities for both uh, social and for exploration because, sure. you know, and then, of course, combat, uh, whether you have it, you know, as part of a lesson that goes awry or, you know, they're exploring in the middle of the night or who knows what, right? I think it's a very uh, approachable kind of setting. Yeah, absolutely. I'm totally on board. Now... I know. Um, well, I know that you have a, a, a homebrew kind of world build that you've been working on, Justin. Is there a location or a place where this academy might be set? Yeah. So there is one academy that is currently created. I, I'm still working on the, the world itself, but it's called the Brazen Academy. Um, I don't know if it would exactly fit this. So it is essentially an academy specifically created for teaching people how to smelt and mine this material called deep iron which is um it's it's harder than adamantine in this world everything that every magical item that is like plus three is made of this stuff and this this academy belongs to this uh nation called the kula uwea confederacy and and they guard it very highly so once you get in you can't get out like there's no escape like they'd they'd kill you before they let you out because the secrets of smelting this type of iron is uh so closely guarded i don't know if that would be uh a good location 
Um, but if you guys want, we could also create a different academy in the world that is a little bit less uh, intense. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just thinking if, um, and, and this is just you know, me shooting the breeze here, mm -hmm. an academy, uh, and you want this to be useful for beginner DM. So what if the academy was for a school of, um, I guess, I, I, it could be children, it could be you know anybody who's interested, but a school for would-be adventurers. Mm -hmm. And like each of the houses is led by your traditional um, class types, right? So you've got like the barbarian okay. house, you've got like the, the clerk house, you've got the wizard house, you know? And so the, uh, the PCs uh, could join uh, a house with their, you know, their, their desire. And the, the purpose of this particular encounter would be to maybe pass the test, whatever the test might be. This way it's, it's replayable, right? So PCs and players could uh, play it over and over again as a different class. Mm -hmm. um, it's something that's kind of easy to jump into. The, the purpose is kind of is defined. I don't want to like railroad anybody or streamline, exactly. but um, yeah, the tests would be uh, things that we could make randomized tables for, or we could certainly just insert something. Mm -hmm. And again, people could, could play this over and over again. This could be something really cool. A nice, almost like um, I, I teach for a living. So I'm always thinking of like, you know, how to bring kids exactly. and young people no. into the game. That's exactly. <laughs> it like mm -hmm. it might be a good way to do that. Yeah. I love that idea. Yeah, I love All that right. idea, especially because like uh, um, also it's kind of it's kind of meta. It's like here's the test becoming an adventurer, and if this is played by new players, then it, it kind of actually is like now you're an adventurer kind of thing. It's it's pretty funny. Yeah. So, uh, All right. so then I, I guess um, well, go ahead, please. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say. So the theme then would be like school test type idea not necessarily halloween or christmas but I guess, I guess you could flavor it that specific way depending on when you play it it is back to school so that, <laughs> it yeah, does that, kind of fit makes sense. the back the back yeah. to school and yeah. summer's out back to school <laughs> you know yeah you know i think there's a couple of ways we could do this either one allows a lot of randomization uh or tables depending on what you know dm wants we could do a uh we could do a test uh, kind of like you were saying, we could do a club fair, you know, where it's like, oh, each club kind of tries to uh, yeah. throw you through yeah. the ringer to like, like see if you got the stuff. Or like um, Rush Week, like in uh, what's it called? Uh, yeah. Sororities and fraternities yeah. and crap. Yeah. Or even in a lot of like, uh, you know, a lot of manga, a lot of anime, they have like these fair things you know events like school fairs where each class has like their own they like turn their classroom into their mm -hmm. own kind of like thing it's usually themed or whatever like you know uh like a haunted house or like food yeah. related or something you know um either way i think any of them kind of allow good randomization you know yeah that would be an interesting way to begin the um the school fair uh, arrives in the town and the would-be heroes I guess that, you know, I don't want to, again, I'm not trying to streamline anybody or railroad them. So they yeah. can create their own backstory as to why they would show up here. You know, mm -hmm. maybe they're, you know, the poor kid in town and they want to show up and, and make a better life for themselves and provide for their family. Or maybe they're just simply, you know, uh, interested in the schools and they, you know, everybody's doing it and they want to, they want to join and get into a particular, particular school. For sure. I could. Yeah. And then they go to the school fair just thinking they'll have fun or whatever. And then they pass some tests and then they get accepted and that'd yeah. be a cool end. I, I they get think, their first assignment <laughs> <laughs> i think uh we're, we're set on the school setting so maybe it might be more uh, beneficial for us to flesh out the setting like specifically kind of make some some you know get the lay of the land and then we can create the plot around it you know like the school does this or doesn't do this and it would make a little bit more sense for why people would go there or, or things like that mm -hmm. works so, for me Okay. Um, so we have the location as the, the this sort of school setting, right? Okay. Um, and we'll worry, we'll worry about things like uh, synopsis and, and title for this stuff later. Sure. Um, Does uh, anyone have a so name for I, the academy? Just working title: House of Heroes. House of Heroes. <laughs> home, you know, home for the hero. House of Heroes. Uh, something sort of. What about like that? Just, just What about Robrick's Academy for the adventurally gifted or something like that. <laughs> uh, that, that works. 
how to, I don't hate Robrick. That's how to for be, sure. How to be better, uh, you know, adventurers. Yeah. <laughs> Robrick's. Um, it keeps changing to rubric. So, so my my, my one keeps switching. My to... one rule, and uh, I, I was going to kind of re- do this reveal later, but my one rule is after I've kind of plotted uh, my beats and I've plotted out what I think I wanted. I, I want to say. Um, my one rule is make it weird, mm. right? So it's, it, there's got to be something about it that, that is, is unique or different, right? Um, uh, having a magic sword is really cool, but having a magic sword that is made from the bone of a dead giant that talks to you is even more interesting. <laughs> you know, uh, a school is mm-hmm. interesting. A school for uh, heroes is very interesting, but a school for heroes that if you flunk out there's a real ramification or, you know, uh, there's some, some kind of real motivation to, to not flunk out, right. Or, or not cheat on the test. Um, uh, you know, uh, a school for heroes is cool. Uh, but a school for heroes that sends you on an adventure and where you might perish, you know, now there's this impetus to kind of actually learn. And maybe, uh, as they learn these, um, sort of micro skills, maybe there's a real buff to, their ability scores or their their dice rolls in some way shape or form um it could either be in the form of like a a magic scroll that allows them you know plus two on any particular strength roll like a strength scroll or it could be you know so there's there's a reason to go through these eight schools and learn something from each of the professors or or maybe we just have them allocated to one school and, and one professor in which they have to kind of just hone their you know cleric skills or their rogue skills or something like that um so i guess I guess the next step for me would be like, do we want PCs to adventure to various classes or do we want them to kind of remain in one class? I, I, I think it might be nice as far as, and, and I know I just said like, let's focus on the, the setting rather than the plot, but it might be nice for us to be like, this is the group project year where every person from a class gets assigned to a group, you know, and that's kind of how they're, push together and their assignment you know then we can give them the assignment for the year or something like that um and kind of like mm-hmm. i don't know if for the year would be a good one but maybe you know maybe that's why they're together uh i don't know what are you guys' thoughts i, I, I like that um yeah because they've, they've been kind of like randomly i like it and i like that too for one shots because my 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 problem with one shots is they 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 don't um they don't have any particular glue for these mm-hmm. one, these people may, who might be sitting down to play for the one time. So it, it, if there's like an arbitrary reason to be together. Yeah. It's because the teacher assigned you together, and that that you know that happens all the time in school. Right? Right. Uh, draw lots, and now you guys are part <laughs> working on the project together. So yeah, um, yeah. All right. So you, you I'm sorry. I, I uh, yeah. wanted to work on the setting, and I kind of went straight to plot. <laughs> no, no, no. That's totally my bad because I was like, oh no, but, yeah. You know, anyways, continue, Tanner. Yeah, I think that that's a great idea. Uh, just um, making it like, hey, this is a project. Now, in terms of adding something weird, I kind of like the idea with this school. Uh, I have a couple ideas. One, I think that uh, kind of what you were saying, Rob, uh, if you do well on a test, they really like, they kind of beef you up, you know. But if you fail a test, they won't hold back on punishing you. Um, and I think that could just be something that you see throughout the adventure. Maybe, you know? oh, go ahead. But maybe for the, uh, uh, I mean, who knows, right? Uh, what were, what were you uh, You saying, go first. Justin? I interrupted. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, I, my other idea is maybe the school's a little bit weird and because they have this really, uh, strict blessing and also punishing, kind of uh mentality then they're also willing to uh kind of test you in more surprising situations like for the class project could be stealing something from uh one of the professors i like that you know uh it could be your professor or it could be like a professor's kind of uh kind of pitting their students against other students you know just where they're like hey if you mess up it's your own fault that professor will punish you, you know, that kind so of thing. So what I was going to add was, um, <clears throat> I think we could do something pretty interesting with, you know, the alignments. So uh, in Harry Potter, you know, there's 
like the different houses um, in Broadbrook's Academy, I think we could say that there's like the different classes that are for the classes, but then above that, there's the evil and the good and, and like the, the Academy specifically went and recruited evil professors and good professors because they're like, Hey, we need to teach these people how to be good. And the punishments are based on which kind of side you're on. And when you get assigned to a group, it's either mostly neutral or evil or neutral or good. Uh, and, and both the evil and the good are trying to kind of sway the neutral towards their side. And it's kind of like this competition to see who gets more points, the good or the evil, you know, and uh, if you're on the evil side and you get punished, like the professor takes a little bit of your soul. And if you're on the good side, you have to do like intense hours of community service forever or something like that. Like, you know, like, I, I don't know. That is extreme. <laughs> We're going to steal your soul. Exactly. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, I'm all for doing things about the, thinking about that in order to make it weird. Yeah. Um, I do yeah, it, that's one thing with D&D that's always interesting is the whole good and evil because I think people are moving away from that more and more. But I'm like, but I'm like, it is, and also like, do people consider right. themselves evil? You right. know, I, I don't know. I'm like, I like the idea though of like different philosophical mm -hmm. kind of mindsets in the like, it, we could keep it simple, like you said, just do yeah. two groups essentially if we don't want to go crazy. With like four different houses, or or like five, or however however well, many, right? So, yeah, um, let's give that some thought, right? So, in terms of setting, uh, is it going to be a fair, or or do you want it to be the actual school? And and there's no rule saying that it can't start with a fair and then yeah. gravitate. But once you start traveling, yeah. it kind of ceases to be an encounter and starts to become yeah an adventure. Yeah, uh, and not that we can't write like a a mini adventure of three you know encounters, um, but I think you know, the, the first encounter should be like recruitment or admissions, right? Like that's the application process for school, right? Mm -hmm. so, so admissions yeah. would make sense to be like the first yeah. encounter. And then like and, fast forward uh, a little bit and be like, hey, you're in this time and this is what your schooling has done and, and now you're here, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead, or, or like what could happen is... Um, in terms of school fair, I am picturing like almost like an admissions fair, almost like it's at the school and people who want to come in, they kind of have to pass a general admission thing. And then if they do that, then they go into the school and like each class has its own kind of like, I guess you could say test or trial, you know, uh, and then after they, you know, go through each one, maybe at that point they're given like the end of the adventure could be that they're given an opportunity to, you know, choose which one. I, I don't know. So you have, uh, I'm, I'm picturing a village or an urban setting, mm -hmm. city of some kind, and the players uh, yes. enter the space. And uh, as you've described, Justin, there is this, um, this fair or this sort of like a, a admissions fair happening where there's, you know, the uh, the bard kiosk and there's the druid kiosk and there's the sort of wizard kiosk and uh, each one of them has some, you know, previous graduate student doing some kind of magical thing or, or something for their, for their school. Um, and mm -hmm. the player characters maybe visit each one of these, has a sort of interaction. There's the social part that has some kind of interaction in where these schools are trying to recruit them. Um, and before yeah. they can receive a bid, they have to prove some kind of aptitude in that particular field, right? So there's a player who's interested in becoming a bard, yeah. not only a, an interacts with the bard counter, but has to kind of prove some kind of musical aptitude. And then maybe the end of this particular encounter is they receive a bid. So a player might receive a bid from the bard school, the cleric school, and the sorcerer school, and they have to choose it. They have to accept the bid for that if they the house that they want to enter. I like it. Sounds like it. Yeah. Um, so now, I like that. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna <laughs> say, um, my only concern with that is is time. Like how how long will they have to go and do these? Or I guess they would be like simple rules, so they wouldn't really take that much time. So actually, never mind. Yeah, we could just because 
uh, you know, you just do like a random table, like here's your test. Um, and then they have to do a specific role and, and kind of describe it. And then they either pass or fail. And again, just to, to make it weird. Um, <laughs> so let's say they same scenario, right? They enter this town, they enter this village. There's all these kiosks. They're not sure which one they want to uh, engage with. Maybe they engage with one or two and they have these sort of designs to visit all of them. But at that critical moment, a hill giant comes crashing through the town. And you see that the bard school is in shambles and the wizard school is about to get toppled. Which way do you run? <laughs> Let them kind of choose de facto by who they're going to save. Mm -hmm. Right. And again, not, not that we have to enter a hill giant, but um, when this unexpected thing happens and there are consequences, players are then sort of tasked with making real decisions uh, on the fly, right? So they might have had every design to go uh, visit all six of them and learn more, but after only visiting two of them, they're interrupted and they have to make a decision based off of something uh, that quickly. You know, that's what I might do for a one shot if I was doing a larger campaign or an adventure. By all means, take your time and like visit that. all six. But, you know, you create that space for the neophyte DM and young players to kind of just be limited to two choices because eight classes or 12 classes, whatever, whatever they're up to right now might be overwhelming, mm -hmm. but you know, they, the first two that they visit, yeah. you know, they're the most interested in because that's the first two that they visited. <laughs> right. I think that's a um, good idea. Um, right. So we might be able to even just, instead of like a hill giant, just say like you get to the fair late, everyone is putting their tents down. You think you have like an opportunity to visit one or two, which ones do you go to or something right. like that? You know? yeah um yeah i really like that and even something else um uh, that might be nice just kind of add a little bit of weirdness to it i think that that social interaction uh could be an opportunity to kind of test them you know not only how they speak but also do some uh you know mm -hmm. some different checks you know skill checks uh where they're trying to impress one of these like two exactly. that they're talking mm -hmm. to right um and if that player is able to impress them, then I think that it would be cool if that uh, if that class or or group or whatever uh, gives them essentially something to help them through the test. Might be a you know, might be a really interesting way to do like a riff on the point by uh, yeah. or the standard the standard array, right? Like everybody, they all all their abilities start as ten, and if you impress them, you get that that 15 in the skill that you like and yeah. the one that you, you, you flunk on, you get mm -hmm. the, you know, the minus, you get the eight. <laughs> Might be an interesting way yeah. of doing that. Exactly. Yeah. Do the, uh, the traditional way. <laughs> I do like that. That'd be part of the make it weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Okay. So I'm starting to get a, a, a flavor for what we're headed towards here. So um, go ahead. My, my, my next introduction or my next, uh, question to you would be uh, every encounter every adventure uh, has an obstacle of some kind and then that sometimes it's sometimes it's what the, the a perceived obstacle versus the actual obstacle um, if choosing the house is not going to be an obstacle right they'll be able to just kind of go up to their class and say you know I'm interested in becoming a a druid, you know, what is it that I have to do? The obstacle would ostensibly be some kind of a, an admissions exam right there on, or some, some kind of an aptitude. But if they, I don't know, if we want something a little bit more uh, long-term, like a, a nemesis or some kind of a, a villain or prepare them for some kind of a skill that they don't know they're going to need yet. I'm just trying to think of like, what 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 are our obstacles? I guess one of that. What, what, what are the obstacles that we might foresee in a, an adventure or an encounter of this kind of nature? I yeah I, I was just going to say ahead, I think Justin. the obstacle so it it, it kind of depends on whether or not like the main bulk of the one shot will take place in the school or getting into the school or graduating from the school I think that'll de that'll help determine the obstacle so we can yeah I I th I can even, I can almost perceive this as like a, a sort of episodic adventure, right? Mm -hmm. Where we do actually kind of like build, you know, one encounter after the other. And the first encounter here would be, you know, admissions, mm -hmm. right? And so the first obstacle is yeah. getting in. Yeah. Right? 
So what would be the barriers to getting in? Yeah. Um, I th- roster size. Roster size. Right? Like we only have one slot left. And right as yeah. you're applying, along comes somebody who's way better at this yeah. than you. And you kind of have to now, you know, do yeah. something that's better than this other person who's competing for that spot. And maybe maybe you both impressed the professor and now you've got yourself a, a class nemesis. <laughs> right? But um, so yeah. spot limitations or something that's, you know. Uh, kind of common to schools yeah i I like that one especially because it introduces a uh Mm -hmm. a long form Mm -hmm. npc you know uh that'll be with you uh longer than just the kiosk right um yeah i I like that i also think the admissions Mm -hmm. is the other big one and then if we wanted to throw a wrench in it so instead of doing the uh the hill giant you know initially right it doesn't have to be a legit, but like, you know, we could do it where like you're taking the admissions test and then partway through something goes around, you know, giant spiders, <laughs> fire. Yeah. Professor going haywire. <laughs> who knows what, right? Like just something mm-hmm. doesn't go as planned. The other thing is tuition. We could always just say like, Hey, you need to go find a certain amount of money. And for rogues, that means conning people for bards. That means performing for barbarians, feats of strength. You know various things yeah no that's uh, i think that that's cool right um pleading <laughs> pleading for yeah. uh exactly for, for tuition money if you're a bard <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that could be a nice way to kind of add value to the whole proposition mm-hmm. of entering the academy at all right uh could be like okay you're in town you walk up and you see the fair in front of you and then they're like Okay, admissions, fee or whatever, you know? Uh, and then it's like, okay, none of you, because of how we set up the story, none of you have money. Yeah. How do you get money? You On know? that note... Uh, how, do you, yeah, how, how do you gain attention? Maybe there's these really long lines at each yeah. kiosk, and you're looking at the, the sun, and the hours are, are clicking down, and it's barely barely budging, right? So mm-hmm. that kind of is a way to kind of work in what you were talking about earlier, Justin, in terms of like... Um, you know, maybe they're closing shop and you haven't had a chance to to, um, to uh, apply yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. How how do you gain the attention of uh, the people that are running the kiosk? You know, maybe this is a very popular thing and it's it's crowded, um, and it only comes through town once a year. And this is your only chance for a whole another year to to make something of your your life. Because of course, I'm thinking like Oliver Twist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the poor orphan. <laughs> um, So the exploration of the fair, uh, I'm just thinking of like, you know, we could do a a sort of tabletop map or uh, Mm -hmm. for something like that. And that would take care of the exploration part. The social part would be interacting with each of the the kiosks uh, that we, you know, set up and the the people at the kiosks. And we can, I think we'll have to populate that with NPC stuff later. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now Uh, for combat. One quick thing I wanted to ask, like, what is the kind of predicted age of the students? Like, is this a school that takes you from like 12 to 20 or is it like you're, you know, you're a man, you're 16 to 18 and this is you leaving home, essentially going to college, you know, like what, what do we envision? Cause that'll also determine like you have this much money, but you need to get something else, you know, or your parents don't want you to go or, you know, like all sorts of right, different things. Right. Well, I think when we say school, I'm, I'm immediately drawn to younger people. Mm-hmm. Um, but it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't have exactly. to be that way. It could simply just be the Academy for Adventurers. And, and maybe um, that's an opportunity for, you know, a younger person to play with an older person. Sure. Um, you know, here's a here's a 12-year-old yeah. who's, you know, kind of projecting their character as a 16-year-old. And then here's a, mm-hmm. you know, 42-year-old oh. projecting their character to be a 25-year-old. So, so I meant like <laughs> and, the, you know, the did... age of the characters. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. No. But I'm. But I'm. I'm doing both. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I'm kind of like metaing that. Yes. The sure. age of the characters for sure. But I'm also imagining this being a, the actual players. Sure. Um, creating characters of different ages too. But um, the, the the characters. Yeah. I I, I love characters that. can range from uh, uh, twelve to. I don't know. I don't know if too many older physical players are going to want to play younger characters, right. but. Um, and that was, it could very well you know, be yeah. you know, teens. Well, that was kind of my question. 
Go ahead. Yeah, I think we could do younger, though. Like, I think when you arrive, you're going to see mostly younger people. However, there is no age restriction. It's just so like if there is an older player, then that could be part of the uh, the content. You know, the lore is essentially like, hey, your older player feels a bit out of place. Everybody else who joins typically is, you know, young, bright eyed, hoping to sit out in the world. But, you know, technically in the rules, there isn't an age limit. You just didn't get your act together until imagining later. Imagining <laughs> that one player who's like, I'm going to be an 80-year-old man going back to school. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I finally exactly, want to get my right? degree. <laughs> yeah, cause, and that's how it should feel, I think, is like, hey, if you have an older player, then that's just yeah. kind of personal, you know, conflict that they're going to have. It's like, oh, I'm old. Everybody else is, like, young. Yeah. Well, that's sucks. I, I think you know? that'll also determine what sort of... Um, tests we can have them do because like you can't really have a 12 year old like wrestle a bear you know like that that won't particularly make like a hill giant comes in yeah like a hill giant comes in and like (laughs) i I don't know if like the 12 year olds are gonna go take down the hill giant or giant spiders or things like that you know i mean it is D &D, but like my my human brain is like i I mean when i was 12 (laughs) uh, i mean maybe even now like i don't know if i (laughs) uh, right but but this goes to the the make it weird right because you don't picture 12 year olds um and maybe you know their first impulse is to run away from the the bear or the hill giant Mm -hmm. but then they see uh, a woman protecting her, her her infant and they grab the ocarina that was sitting on the bard table because it's enchanted and just mm-hmm. kind of naturally they just take a swing at it and they're able to lull the bear. It doesn't have to be combat as we know sure. it, right? So that's the make it weird part. In oh, fact, yeah. I find yeah. that most combat in RPGs suffers from this, the, the rolling syndrome where we just kind yeah. of start rolling and we forget to do some of the role playing. Yeah. So I would like to provide in this opportunities for, and I'm going to do air quotes for you uh, listeners out there, combat in where you you might have to defeat uh, an enemy of some kind, but doesn't necessarily have to be by punching it or swinging a sword. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, I think it would probably be good to touch upon everything um, at each one of these kiosks that we're imagining, some kind of a magical artifact that a clever player might intuit or roll a perception or roll an insight check mm-hmm. to uh, recognize that it has some kind of uh, ability that they might be good at should the need arise and then later when the barbarian teacher gets knocked out and they do want to lift the magical axe <laughs> or the uh, sorcerer teacher gets knocked out and they do want to lift up that amulet that they were wearing to defeat said spider or said bear there's context for that I like because it. if it happens out of the blue it just yeah. seems like it's a little railroad, but knowing that these things exist exactly. and they, they do the check. And maybe there's an NPC that we have wandering around a, a jaded student, or maybe it's another college that, you know, was just kind of seeing what their fare was about. You know? mm-hmm. And they're like, they, they make comment about, you know, the mag- magical artifact or whatnot, the magic item. Mm-hmm. I like that. So uh, in this first encounter, kind of the, the timeline goes, the adventurers all arrive to the fair, or, or the prospective adventurers are all arrive to the fair at different points in time, and that'll probably have to be determined by the DM and their individual mm-hmm. backstories, like, oh, you got done with your chores early, you're there. Or, oh, you just finished a, a late-night bender, and you wake up on the streets, mm-hmm. and you're already in the fair, you know, right. like, kind of stuff like that. Right, right. And, and then they all see the, the kiosks, and they decide, hey, I'm going to go to this one or that one, um, and then something happens. Do I have that right? Yeah, um, I, I think that could work. Uh, and again, it, it depends on uh, really the only decisions we would have to make is if we want the obstacle for this encounter to be gaining entrance to the school or if we want the obstacle to be um, some some sort of combat variation where they impress the school and then they get a bid to kind of enter the school. So so essentially you're saying like either oh part of the test for admission includes an obst you know is a serious enough obstacle that that's the thing they're trying to overcome or in the process of a more calm admission something happens and then they or perhaps the or intrusion the interruption is uh, preconceived by the school 
right? I'm thinking like um, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones and Captain America when he throws the dummy grenade and Captain America jumps on it, mm-hmm. right? They they kind of manifest this ogre yeah. to attack the village, and after maybe you know three or four rounds of combat, uh, the bar you know the barbarian teacher comes out and he like blows a whistle and he's like, all right, Bob, you can go home. <laughs> Everybody's like, what just happened? And you uh, five, you know, displayed excellent uh, heroism yeah. and bravery in the midst of turmoil and chaos. Therefore, you are our five heroes to be this week, you know, I, this year. I think that uh, that actually would work better for the it's late. The kiosks are, are you know, they're closing up. Uh, to me, like a school would be like, hey, we, st- we we didn't have time in their minds. They're thinking we didn't have time to interview everyone. So let's just throw this random thing and see if there are yeah. any hopefuls yeah. out there that really impress us and right. kind of capture them at the last minute. Um, I could see that easily happening. Yeah, I, I kind of like that idea um, for the final. Uh, and that maybe it's not even the final. Maybe it's in, it's in the middle because the final resolution part would mm-hmm. be the conversation that you have after having defeated this this this. Uh, obstacle in some way, shape, or form. It also like creates an interesting opportunity for the teachers to sort of spy on the other would-be applicants. Mm-hmm. You know, do they celebrate afterwards? Do they go, uh, you know, to the tavern and, and drink too much um, because they think they got in? Uh, yeah, I, I like that idea of you know let the let the players wander around a bit and get the sense of the lay of the land, the fairs, any NPCs that we want to generate, and then. Um, Maybe at the height of the fair, when there's most people and people are most vulnerable, this calamity uh, ensues, which is preconceived, and that is the actual application process. Maybe we even have some like dummy application process, like at the barbarian table, they're arm wrestling, and we we have a little arm wrestling game that I know yeah. is popular out there on the DMs Guild, or you know, little little games to kind of like keep them interested and entertained. Maybe earn some gold. Mm-hmm. Uh, that'd be a good way for them to earn some gold. You know, I like that, and I think instead of like an ogre, maybe it's like an elemental that uh, the wizard accidentally summons or something like one of the grad students is like, yeah, let me show you this interesting. And then he accidentally like (laughs) throws like a a water elemental gem into the fountain. And then, you know, yeah, that could also work for uh, the time of the year, right? We can, um, you know, if it's a summer festival, maybe, uh, you know, there's a a pond or a fountain of some kind and they summon the water. If Mm -hmm. it's the fall, it's the wind, uh, the winter, you know, some kind of frost elemental or something like yeah. that. that that works a lot and again it's replayable for the seasons um it's replayable because each time you you revisit this encounter you can check out a different uh, school um i could see people playing this or throwing this into their game as a way of uh multi-classing right like maybe yeah. you've been in a really long campaign and you're like i'm stuck as the barbarian and i just really want to be the bard <laughs> and so like you wander into yeah. this town and oh my gosh here's this opportunity for me to learn the class that i i want to you know change into uh, organically without having to kind of well, i don't know school feels pretty forced but, yeah. <laughs> well, but yeah. throw, again it, it does kind of make it organic right yeah yeah i like so that. i like this direction i like where yeah. we're headed right now cool um Very cool. so i i think we have like the general uh flow so I'll, I'll kind of yeah. write down the timeline. I just prefer timeline just so I know, like, as a DM, you give them a range yeah, for doing stuff, and then at a certain point you decide something's going to happen, and then something like that. Right. Well, encounter is, is supposedly, in the, the, the time of, the, of a game, a very short amount of, mm-hmm. of time, right? So this could be, you know, yeah. anywhere from 10 minutes to four hours would be this particular encounter, right? In the in, in game time, right? Obviously, you play this as fast or as slow as you want at, at your game table. Excellent. So, uh, so the way I have it in the timeline: adventurers arrive at the fair, adventurers explore the fair, shops or, or the the fair kiosks start closing up, and then uh, the weird thing happens. So probably like some sort of intrusion of some sort of. Yeah, just put. I would just put intrusion. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I spelled that wrong totally. Uh, and then at okay. the end, the instructors uh, converse with the adventurers, right? Okay. So the arrival. Um, that's our exploration. Mm-hmm. Right. And then uh, kiosks up close would be the social part. So we've got all three pillars. We've got 
we've got a, a reason, a beginning, a middle, and an end. Um, we probably won't get to it in this particular episode, but we would then uh, populate our NPCs and make yeah. some fun, yeah. weird characters. <laughs> cool. So mm-hmm. I think this would actually be a pretty good stopping point. So let's go ahead and off yeah. screen or, or off air, let's schedule the next uh, segment. Um, and I think it would actually be a good idea for us to give each other like assignments and say, you create uh, these three grad students for these classes or something like that. Uh, so let's see. Assignments. Uh, anyone have any specific uh like preferences for who you'd like to create or what you'd like to create um let's just really quickly take a, an informal poll here of how mm-hmm. many uh classes slash you know houses uh do we want to hit all of the classes or do we want to just pick like six we each take two kind of thing what do you think tenor i think that, that could totally could work um yeah, you know, it would be shorter. And as far as, like, if we did choose, like, house style, you know, I think a good way to go around it, because <clears throat> uh, uh, do any of you uh, watch, uh, what is it, uh, Dimension 20? I, I don't watch them. That's, like... A, no. Um, yeah. But they're, like, uh, they uh, they do a bunch of, uh, of the, the school, you know, live... Yeah play uh, tabletop you know but they have that kind of school mm-hmm. setting and they kind of make fun of it because they're like oh here are the four different you know houses and then they're like oh this system kind of sucks you know uh because it's like essentially you're categorizing students on what you think they can achieve mm-hmm. and stuff and that's not great um i think one that probably makes more sense is categorizing students based on their personal goals you know uh because it's like, oh, then they're choosing what they kind of want to achieve, you know, instead of being thrown in. And if that's the case, we really could come up with six. And like, that's yeah. simple, you know, I won't, I don't think there would be as harsh of a dividing line. Maybe the teacher would be, you know, uh, the same free or whatever. We could, but anyway, we could, sorry. Um, and again, this is our first draft of this. We could certainly mm-hmm. make it like the, yes. the house of combat. And so that would cover you know, your barbarian and your, you know, rogue. We could have the sort of house of uh, magic and cover all of your magic classes. Um, we could have mm-hmm. your house of the healing and that would cover your druid and cleric classes, you know. So yeah. we can we could change it that mm-hmm. way too if we wanted to make it weird. Or oh, we yeah. could abandon so, this, the idea of like, you know, house system because it has been done yeah. and we can simply have, you know, this is to get into the school and here are your professors. And their professors would be kind of like... Mm you know, the classes and just, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. which professor do you want to, to, to study with, you know, you, the professors are only taking three proteges, you know, this year, are you one of the three? And there's like lines of people lining up to, you know, apply for, to be one of the protege, you know, mm-hmm. and maybe uh, it's interesting then because if you're with a, uh, there are four physical players at the table, you know, they might not all want to be the barbarian. They might all want to be, you know, we want to be a group of heroes, but we know we need to separate and leave each other, like friends often do when they go to school, <laughs> to learn new <laughs> skills. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of like that, making it less about houses and more like, hey, it's just one school, but the professors are kind of unique, mm-hmm. and it's almost more of a like uh, discipleship kind of like you know where it's like mentorship. You're mm-hmm. choosing a teacher uh, based on what you kind of are interested in learning. So we'd spend more of our time just crafting an NPC that is unique from the other ones or NPCs, you know, got it. So then in in that case, we just each each need to come up with, um, like two. So like each, if, 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 you know, they, cause the school knows that they're going to have a long line of students or, or prospective students trying to apply. Would they choose to have only one admissions kiosk, or would they have a few set up here and there? Yeah, they would have a few a few lines, and at the end of each line, I think would be one of their distinguished faculty. And you know what sure. I think might be an interesting twist yeah. here. Um, so let's just say there are again, I always picture parties of four in my head. Um, let's say there are four adventurers, uh, real players coming to the table to play. They're only accepting 
five. And so there will be a fifth sort of NPC that we kind of like lump with them, <laughs> you know, or, <laughs> Uh, because they 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 are the ones that will make it clearly, right? Like yeah. that's kind of the whole point. But I guess there has to be some potential for them not to. So I don't, we'll we'll, we'll, no. we'll yeah. iron that out. I, I yeah. think I think it's worth it to make a uh, you know a, a Malfoy esque yeah. character, yeah. you know, uh, or someone that's like, oh, we hate this right. guy, but he's really good. Or let's make sure you know. Um, being as this would be specifically for newer DMs, I, personally, I like the ability to have an NPC in the group to, to be like, hey, but what about this? And also like ask questions, like showing all the different yeah. points that they haven't thought about just to, if nothing else, make them think a little bit more like, wait, we can't do that because of this. But also the NPC said this thing. And they also said, that, you know, um, and, and for new DMs, it might be a nice way for, for them to also give hints when the party is stuck for certain things. Um, but I do like like saying this is how many players this uh this one shot is designed for uh, i think that that is a good idea yeah absolutely and that sort of stuff we we all tie kind of like we we tack that on sort of at the end when we've sure. got a, an idea thinking here um but you know I, I like this idea i think this has got some traction i'm already starting awesome. to come up with some things in my head now <laughs> she's fun this is cool it's- so then each of us uh, assignment will be to create two one uh, or two NPCs. Yeah. Two NPCs. And these are the mentors. How about, okay, two NPCs, yeah. mentors. And then if you have extra time, come up with like an extra NPC that's just at the fair that day. Absolutely. Rather, you know, yeah. You know. Yeah, like another, because I think if you have... Uh, if we, I th- yeah, I, I love yeah. that idea. Anyway, cool. Yeah, go ahead. Awesome. Well, thank you, listener, for for tuning in and uh, kind of getting inside our heads as we are trying to figure out the adventure that is students getting into Robrick's Academy for the bettering of adventurers. Obviously, uh, we haven't figured out a name for the actual one shot, but uh, I particularly do like the name of the academy, and uh, I'm really interested to see how mm-hmm. this uh, how this turns out. But adventure again. Uh, make sure you reach out to Rob. You can go to betterdungeonmaster.com slash Robrick and get his uh, encounter that he published on uh, DM Guild. Uh, That's go ahead, correct. Rob. And uh, as a little sort of surprise for you folks, um, uh, I'm not sure when this will air, but when it does, I've created a discount code for anyone listening. Uh, first hundred people who grow up, uh, come online and, and log on will get the adventure for a whole dollar. <laughs> awesome. That's, oh, that's awesome. awesome. For, uh, yeah. How to be a better DM podcast listeners. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, so that's awesome. Thank, thank you, Rob. Betterdungeonmaster.com slash Robrick. And uh, yeah, thanks for, for being here, Rob. Uh, I pleasure. I have learned a lot, um, and I know that our listeners ha- as well. So thank you guys. It's a pleasure having you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And listener. Absolutely. We'll be back next week. Sorry for the uh, the disjointed. Uh, I think my audio is, is lagging a little bit. But, uh, listener, thank you for coming. And we'll be back next week with an awesome episode, just like today. Uh, and until then, let's go ahead and roll initiative. Thank you for listening to today's show. Uh, we really appreciate your support and your patronage. We have a few more announcements to go over. Uh, first, thanks for listening to today's show. You obviously liked it because you listened this far. So, as a treat, we want to give you a taste of what's coming. Listen up. Well, folks, we are living in the world of Calignos. Um, world of fantasy, magic, adventure, death, life, gods, the lack thereof, murder, love, mystery, no love, Gosh, zero love, but most of all, love. <laughs> <laughs> all right, there's some love, but we won't be doing any of that because I don't like it. Because we're all men here. We're yes. all thank yeah. Yeah. I mean, hey, well, actually, well, we'll see. Sorry. Stop. <laughs> Sorry. I'm going to bring the love. Thank Tanner. You. Tanner will bring the love. <laughs> I feel that. Come with us. Um, we find ourselves in hell. The Nine Hells, to be exact. Each layer of the Hells grows more violent and evil in its nature. We pass beyond Avernus, the first Hell, 
a rocky and desolate landscape being constantly ruptured and broken by meteors falling from above and volcanic eruptions from below. A legion of fiends marching towards some unknown destination, branded and prepared for war. A frighteningly gorgeous woman in dark robes at their head. Falling through an opalescent pool, tumbling through the heats of hell, we find the Iron City of Dis, the second level of hell. The walls, buildings, and streets all glow with a dull red of hot metal. A monstrous tower pierces the sky and overlooks the Iron City, the throne of Dispater. Peering at its subjects, a waterfall of molten lava flows out of a wall covering an entrance to the underground prison network where prisoners of war, criminals, and kidnappers are kept and reformed. Mentiri, the prison of Dis. Now, our intent is to find heroes of the light, heroes of righteous demeanor, heroes that can bring the world from darkness and save the innocent. Let's go see if we can find them in Mentiri. We find ourselves deep in a portion of Mentiri called The Purge, an unsettlingly clean and put together section of the prison dedicated to the torture, reformation, and punishment of prisoners. An Aaron Yace, clad in blood red plate armor, drags a jet black dagger down the bare chest of a human man strapped to an iron table. Damn. He's dashing, rippling with muscles, white blonde hair disheveled. It's long about shoulder length. He's, he's a good looking dude, right? So there is some love okay. here in Calignus. Right. <laughs> we're, we're feeling it. All right, good. That's all his apparently. <laughs> yeah, it is. He clenches his teeth in pain as the dagger is just casually dragged down his belly as blood starts to come out. Um, he fixes his gaze on this devil woman and says, I will ever serve the light. May the gods curse you. And he spits. She sighs, breathes in deeply, puts away the dagger and summons a giant greatsword from out of the nothingness. Uh, before the man has time to finish the gulp, as he sees this giant blade, uh, his head is lopped off. Oh. Um, so, <laughs> oh well. <laughs> not, there goes the hero of light. Not so handsome anymore. Um, let's see if we can find anybody else. What do you say? That's right. We're coming out with an actual play D&D podcast called Pact and Boom. And we are so excited to share this with you. Just so you know, our characters start out in the Nine Hells. And if that doesn't sound fun enough for you, let me just say that Tanner will be sporting a German accent. And it is quite delightful. So if you want to be notified for when this show comes out within the next few months, go to sessionzerostudios.com slash pact. N Boone. That's P A C T N B O O N. Put in your name and email, and we'll let you know as soon as Packed and Boone is released. Tired of being alone? Are you tired of not having any of your players understand you? Are you tired of never truly belonging? Well, you're in luck. All you need to do is join the guild. The Guild is a unique and exclusive experience that is only open to Dungeon Masters. It is a full community focused on helping ease your DMing burdens. Want to meet other DMs? Join the Guild. Want to discuss your homebrew ideas with people who would appreciate it instead of just telling your cat? Join the Guild. Want to find a place where all your wildest dreams will come true? Join the Guild. Go to monsters.rent guild and sign up today for free. Wait, that can't be right. Chuck, Chuck, can you check this again? Is this supposed to be, what? Oh, it's, they're serious? It's free? Oh, okay, all right. Yes, go to monsters.rent slash subscribe 
slash guild and sign up today for free, even though they are crazy for giving this away for free. Common side effects may include burping, sneezing, laughing, breathing, hearing, listening, tasting, farting, creating sarcasm, puns, and in extreme cases, explosive diarrhea. That's all the announcements we have today. Again, thank you so much for everything you do for us. You make this show possible. Like we said before, we'll be back next week with another great episode. And until then, let's go ahead and roll initiative.